0: Thank you. Praise see the Lord! This is Brother Julius Adeumi of the Gospel Distribution Ministry. Today we are going to discuss the everlasting righteousness. The plan of God is what this is all about. Let's go to Father I pray Lord that you will give us insight and control this discussion in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. Now this is going to be a teaching so I want you to open your Bible with me and we go to the book of Daniel, chapter nine, and see what the angel told Daniel. This is revealing the plan of God for for the planet heart. Really, it's not just for the book for the people of Israel. As some people thought, because it said seventy with that's Daniel chapter nine, verse twenty four. Seventy weeks are determined upon their people upon their holy city to finish the transgression. When he says, upon thy people, is talking about upon the people of Israel. Upon thy holy city, talking about Jerusalem. And he says, is these are the things that are going to be accomplished in 70 weeks. To finish the transgression and to make an end of sins. To make inco- reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness. That's the one I'm going to talk about today. Everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Now the Bible says God is to bring in everlasting righteousness. I want you to know that all of these are fulfilling the Messiah coming to to save mankind. And that was and we can see what does everlasting righteousness mean and why was God talking about everlasting righteousness? Now remember the stories that we read in the scriptures of Lucifer, Satan, that was expected to be an angel of God before. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12. Let's read it. He said, How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of congregation in the size of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the size of the pit. So we can see this spirit that God was referring to Isaiah the prophet chapter 14 and called Lucifer. And we, the Bible scholars believe that is Satan. And the Bible said, that said in thy heart, pride came inside him." So he said that means that that spirit, even though when he was created, could have been perfect, he didn't have everlasting righteousness. That's why he would be cast. He was there. He said he was sent up above and be like the most high, try to compete with God. But God said, "Thou shall be brought down to hell." So we are saying that that spirit Lucifer did not have everlasting righteousness, also if you're in after some million in millions of years he had to be casted off means that there was no everlasting righteousness in that day. now look at a chapter 28 we saw another story another prophecy people can say this is prophecy but it was referring to king of tyros it was prophesied about but in the chapter 28 from verse 14 is what i'm going to read talking about this Probably this spirit called King of Tyros is a spirit, really, because he's describing a spirit here, not a physical man. But he call him King of Tyrus because some of those spirits rule on this physical world. He said, Thou, that's verse 14 of Ezekiel chapter 28, Thou art the anointed Kerub that cover it. So we know he's talking about Kerub. Now, Kerubs are a, a, band, a band of angels. We human can be called Adam Adams, the Adamic race. The Kirus are a band of angels. The seraphims are the band, another band of angels. They call it the morning stars. They are another band of angels, we believe. So and so on and so forth. But here he said thou art anointed Kiru, which is just one Kirub that covered it. He said, And I have said this so that was upon the holy mountain of God, that's verse 14. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire, verse fifteen. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created that means that Kirub was created till iniquity was found in thee it said till iniquity was found in thee which means that Kirub did not have everlasting righteousness i mean when you say everlasting means it will never change from being righteous forever so this is the situation of that Kirub. It didn't have everlasting righteousness, even though the Bible says, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that Thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. So which means that Kerub did not have everlasting righteousness. Now, people, some Bible scholars believe that Kerub also is still talking about Satan. Well, it could be Satan, it could also just be another Kerub because we know Satan didn't fall by himself alone. He pulled down some devils, some angels that are fallen angels with him so this could be talking about another one of the fallen angels or it could also be just talking about the same spirit that was called Lucifer in uh, Isaiah chapter 14 but since he was he didn't give a name to this was so just calling king of Tyros we can say it could be another spirit because there are many fallen angels that were cast out of heaven and some of them were even locked up in, in some pits on the earth and so on and the Bible said in verse 17 of that chapter, Isaiah chapter 20, that thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. So we can tell what made this spirit to be casted out. He said that yes, the heart was lifted up. And thus said, I will destroy the old covering keru from the midst of the stones of fire. Well, you see, God is saying, I will in this case. So we really can tell that this is already done or this is yet to be done. But He said, I will destroy thee covering Kerub from the midst of the stones of fire. See? So we can say it is already done. But because it looks like when God is talking, talking about physically, spiritually. So God is talking in different realms. Because when you look at this chapter, you say he's talking about a king of Tyros, but he it says it's a Kerub. So then we can say maybe it's a spirit ruling the city of Kartyros. They say I will. Look like unlike uh, the other way God that Dao has done it, God say I have done it. it was casted out of Lucifer was said to be casted out. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 14 again. Now this is not really my topic but I'm just trying to to clarify this here When he said he said thou shall be brought down to hell. It's what God said to Lucifer. Thou shall be brought down to hell. So we know why Lucifer is always controlling hell and controlling the lake of going to the lake of hell in the end. He's the one that is in charge of hell right now. But in the end Lucifer will cast into the lake of fire that dragon so God is sometimes talking in the spirit world and in the physical world but what is saying concerning we, Umar and Adamic race is is going to bring in everlasting righteousness that's what we are discussing God planned to bring in everlasting righteousness that is unlike Lucifer that was casted after millions of years unlike this covering Kerub that the bible talks about and unlike the other angels that fell, that were said to be watchers upon the earth, in the book of uh, Jude, you see where Jude referred to it that the angels that kept not their habitation, they were cast to the into the untold, uh, everlasting chains, in book of Jude, where that, uh, he was referring also to the book of Enoch, because they he said, Enoch prophesied about this, you say, well, why are all those rebels we are talking about? Sometime the Bible says, even the wicked was created for God, for purpose. Let me give an example. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ talked about Judas Iscariot? He said that one of you is a devil. But Jesus Christ chose Judas Iscariot to be one of the twelve. He, Jesus, Jesus Christ already knew that Judas Iscariot was not a seed. But he allowed him to continue to follow on. You see, he could see what Judas Iscariot was doing. In fact, the Bible said in the book of John that Judas Iscariot was a thief. And he was carrying the bag of money and he was stealing from it. Jesus can see that but he didn't worry about that one. Just supply more money. Just bring him more money. But in the end, the Bible said, he went to his place because it's not of, it's not of the seed of God. But why did God choose him? To, for, to fulfill that purpose. The purpose of betraying the Christ. Somebody has to do it. And God allowed. Remember the another example, another story in the Bible? Just to answer the question, someone somebody say, well, does it look like God does not have everything under control when things are, some ages were rebelling against him or some people. No, God has everything under control. Some of those things, God allowed it for a purpose. He allowed it for a purpose. Look at the the council in heaven during the days of Ahab, where the where the prophet Micaiah came and told Ahab, when he was going to go to Ramoth Gilead to go and attack Ramoth Gilead, Micaiah came and told them the council of heaven that God was sitting and asking who will go and and convince Ahab to go to Ramangiliah to fall. In the end one spirit came, a lying spirit from the pit of hell. A lying spirit. God allowed that lying spirit to go. He said the wicked are created for God for a purpose. That doesn't mean that lying spirit even though he did what God allowed him to go to another day that doesn't mean that line spirit was going to be saved and be converted to be a good spirit no the same thing you say God allowed Job to be tested by Satan that doesn't mean Satan is accepted by God it's just to perfect Job it's for the purpose so the wicked Satan was created for a purpose so now you can get the meaning what I'm talking about, the wicked was created for a purpose. Because the Bible said, all things were created by God, for God, even the wicked, was created for a purpose. In the book of Proverbs, even we say created for the day of evil. So now, you can see what you are talking about, that God allows some of those things, and it's not that he lost control of the angels. No, he for a purpose that one angel fell, this one angel fell, this one angel fell, and I wonder how did they, where did the idea come from. Where does the idea come from when he said, thou hast said in thy heart to satan thou hast said in thy heart who put it in his heart because we can say we human beings if some bad thoughts come to us, we say it come from some demons not so devils can put thoughts in the heart of human beings so we can say blame that devil now who put the thoughts in the heart of satan that he said in his heart I will ascend up to the throne of God I will be like the most I wanted to stop himself about the throne of God because God will test everything God can put that thought in his heart to see how he reacted to it. If he loves it then he's guilty. You don't love the Lord your God enough that you love to to ascend above him and be ruling over him then that means you are guilty. So the same thing look at what happened in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve. God said you shouldn't do this. Now somebody came and tempted them and they fell for it. That means they are not perfected. That's why they fell for it. But God is saying he's going to bring in everlasting righteousness. So these saints we people that is redeeming this time harvesting this planet earth bringing up this seed because Jesus Christ said we shall be as angels remember that we shall be as angels that was one of the things that Lord Jesus Christ said let's read that and because we are going to be as in the end after is after the resurrection those who are qualified who are who are, who are worried to enter that new world He said we shall be as angels that is how God is harvesting human means to be angels some of us are going to be replacing the groups that fail, and God is going to perfect us. That's why He call it everlasting righteousness. Is what is going to produce in this breed of Adamites everlasting righteousness, so that for eternity they will not be one of them to rebel against God like Lucifer. They will not be one of them to rebel against God like this this uh, washers that went and and produced giants in the days of in the days of uh, Enoch. They won't be like some of those kerub that were covered, that one that beginning to pop up because of his beauty. God is saying, I will bring in everlasting righteousness. Now, how is he going to fulfill this? Let's see what he has planned according to the Bible. Let's look at it again in uh, Hebrew chapter 12. First, let's read uh, Hebrew chapter 12, verse 22. Because many times people don't know that God is planning everlasting righteousness in us and perfecting us. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, Apostle Paul put this one here, he said, But ye are come from us into, verse ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto that is We that are sins that are born again, that are come to Christ. We are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And to an innumerable company of angels, to the uh, general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the Judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. So perfection, which he is calling a volatile is what God is making in us in this time. But He said, "We are the spirits of just men made perfect." So. Now you say, "Well, are we going to be made perfect?" No, He said, "We are already made perfect in the Spirit." Now that is very important because the Lord showed to me one. Let me give this testimony. I was in a vision one day, and the Lord just came and carried me in His arms and are dancing with me, carrying me as a, like a little son of His. And I was trying to be humble in that vision. that is was I said, "Oh Lord, I know I'm not perfect." He quickly put me down. Then I woke up. Then I wondered why did He put me down because I say I am not perfect. Then he pointed my eyes to this Bible verse where he said we are spirits of just men made perfect. Now you see why we shouldn't be calling ourselves we are not perfect, we are not perfect. We think we are being humble. He said he has made us perfect in the spirit. When you are looking at your body, your soul that is still doing all these thoughts and ideas and suggestions. But that is temporary. He's looking at the perfection he has done in our spirit when he made us born again. So remember that and stop calling yourself imperfect. Because that's what he was telling me to make me to see that I made just men made perfect. That's what Apostle Paul wrote in. Say, ye have come to the company of spirits of just men made perfect. Now keep that in your mind. Now again, the Lord is telling us how is he going to make this uh, everlasting righteousness. Gospel of John chapter 17 is the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ when he was about to go to the cross. And he told us about this plan of God, how God is going to bring it to come to pass, how He is going to fulfill this everlasting righteousness by Christ telling in this prayer, John chapter 17, verse 22. And the Lord Jesus Christ was praying and when He goes to it, it said, And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, not I will give them, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and Thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. So see that again, God talked about we are made perfect, we be made perfect in one. I in them, Jesus Christ in us, Thou Father in me, that Christ is incarnated by the Father God. And then Christ and the Father God is incarnated in us. And that is what the Apostle Paul was talking about, that, that is how we are being made perfect. This everlasting righteousness will only be accomplished, fulfilled, by Christ living inside us, permanently. That is going to be controlling us from inside, controlling us from within, so that we will be in everlasting righteousness. So remember that. And that was why Christ, Apostle Paul was saying, this is a mystery, that God was revealing through Apostle Paul to us, when he said that Christ in us is the hope of this glory. You see that other in the Colossians or Ephesians. say Christ in us is the hope of this glory that He has called even the Gentiles to be partakers of this hope. And he said, what is this mystery? He said, it is Christ in us. And let's see again how the Christ described it when he was talking to the Jews in the Gospel of John chapter 6. That is how we are going to have this everlasting righteousness. Christ living inside us forever. That's the hope of our glory. That's why anyone that does not receive Christ is none of His. So if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. Remember that. In Gospel of John chapter 6, Jesus Christ was, that was the first time He was revealing this to the Jews and they couldn't, even the disciples that were following Him, not the twelve apostles, but the rest of the disciples, they were confused by this and they, the Bible said they all left and said nobody following Him anymore. Why? Because they thought, he was telling them to come and be a cannibal, to come and eat his, his own physical flesh, but he told them that he, his, what I speak unto him, they are spirit and their life. Look at it from just John chapter 6 verse 48, where I'm going to start from. The Lord was talking to the Jews where they were talking about, "Oh the, hey, Moses gave us the bread. Give us this kind of bread, evermore, give us this bread to eat. He said, "I am the new, I the bread that God has given right now. I, I am that bread now, not the one that Moses gave to you that you, your fathers died. In the wilderness, is anyone that eats this bread that God is giving, This and will live forever. Verse 48, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I shall, I will give is my flesh. Which shall we give for the life of the world now when he began to describe this eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood his disciples couldn't understand it and they said this is a hard saying who can who can understand this? and Behold said they didn't follow him anymore but only the 12 apostles Christ said will you also go away? in verse 69 in verse, in verse 67 when Jesus Christ said will you also go away? and they said well to whom can we go? thou hast the words of eternal life that's what Peter answered now the Lord went further in that discussion, telling them why they have to eat His flesh and drink His blood. In verse 53, He said, "Very, late, very late I said to you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, ye have no life in you. Who so My flesh and drinketh My blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day." So the Lord was actually saying, "I in them and thou in me." That's really what eating His flesh means. He's going to be living inside of the Spirit. Of Christ has to be living inside us by the Holy Ghost. When we are born again He fills us with the Holy Spirit permanently. Not for a while, permanently. It shall be with us forever. So remember that it is Christ in us is the way we get that everlasting righteousness. That is you can see why all of you we say "What well, about these other religions. Suppose so ask me, what about these other religions? If they don't believe in Christ Jesus coming to live inside human beings, they are not part of it. Because they are the, the, the tears that God is going to wipe out of the planet earth. Remember, Jesus Christ gave a parable of the tears in the field. And the, the apostle said, tell us the meaning of this parable of the tears. And he told them, he said that the son of man is one that planted the good seed in his field. But the tears are the children of the wicked one. The tears are the children of the wicked one. And he said that means Satan put some tears on the earth. Some human beings on the earth. And I was pointing to that one in another sermon that what happened in the garden of Eden was deeper than what was summarized or put in quote for us that the devil came through the serpent and beguiled Eve. A seed has been introduced into the Adamic race through that. Not only in the physical when King was born, most likely in the spirit. You know, we are spirits that come to the world through our parents, through our father, into our seed through the father, and we are born into the world, we are born into the world. But we, we are coming from somewhere. Think of if we are spirits that are gathered in a place and the devil came and mixed some bad seed with that seed, so that there are some other bad spirits. And as long as they are there and they are not separated from there, they also will be coming through, through the human increase into the world. So even though the Lord God destroyed them in the days of so, uh, Noah, after Noah, there are still these giants, there are still these seed that are still coming, that are still wicked, that are not believing if Christ said even to the Jews that are not believing, they are not of my sheep, I know my sheep, and my sheep hear my voice, which means there are two seed on earth, the sheep of Christ and those who are not sheep of Christ. They may even try to believe, but they just won't go to their own way like Judas Iscariot. So we have to understand that there are two seeds on growing the tears and the wheat on earth. And Jesus Christ gave that parable. He so said that the tears will be gathered in the end. When they just said, Let's go pull them out, he said, I don't pull them out yet. I wait till the harvest. And then I will tell the reapers, Gather first the tears for bundles to be burned. And then gather the wheat into my barn. So that was going to happen to fulfill that prophecy now what we are talking about is Christ in us is how we are going to get that everlasting righteousness and 1st John chapter 5 1st epistle of John chapter 5 verse 10 Apostle John was telling us the same revelation that it is Christ in us is how we are going to get this glory, this, rever- this uh, everlasting righteousness that we are talking about and how is it's going to be everlasting? because it is Christ in us the Father in me, is I in them, thou in me so when Christ is in us we are going to be controlled from inside forever for eternity, not for a while, for eternity and so there will be no way that we are going to rebel or any of the redeemed will ever be able because we are going to be controlled from inside Christ living in us and the Father and the Son are one, so there will be no, no more, ever, no more way or any of the of the of the Son. The Son will not rebel against the Father the Father is living inside the Son, and the, we saints are not going to be able to rebel because the everlasting righteousness was given to us when the Son is living inside us. The Father, the Son, is living inside us. In in First John chapter five, Apostle John, point this one out in verse ten, that God has given unto us eternal life. Verse 10 He that believeth on the Son of God as the witness in himself. He that believeth not God has made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record. The record God gave of his Son. This is the record. That God has given to us eternal life. He has already given it to us. And this life is in his Son. Did you hear that? God has given to us eternal life. But he put this last. What God has planned is that he put this life in his son. That okay, I'm giving I'm giving this humanity, human race, the Adamic race, eternal life. I will do it this way. I'm going to put this eternal life in my son. So God came in form of his son, Jesus Christ, a human being, like us. But it was God manifested in the flesh. So God is going to be now. He said, Christ said, the Father in me, and I in them. So that's why I was John is saying here. He said God has given us eternal life, but He put this life in His Son. And then how ah, we go to get it by getting His Son into us. He that has the Son, as the Son of God, has life. And he that has not the Son of God has not life. So you can see why Christ said, I in them and thou in me. And you can see why Christ said, You have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. So if you if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, then you have eternal life. Let's go into Gospel of John and read some other verses in that chapter 6 where Christ was saying the Father as the Father in me and I live by the Father he that eateth me shall live by me. So you can see what he was talking about. We are going to live by Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ is living in us. I'm talking of living forever now. Not just physical health. I'm talking of living forever. This everlasting righteousness you see, that is how we're going to get it. Jesus Christ living inside us. And Christ said, Even as I live by the Father, either it and me shall live by me. So that's how we're going to we are going to live by Christ living inside us. And that's how we're going to have that everlasting righteousness. And again, you can see that the Lord is good in everything that He's doing. I'm going to come back and do more of this in the next broadcast. The Lord is good. Remember. Christ is the fulfillment and is going to complete this, all this that were to be accomplished in the book of Daniel chapter 9 verse 24, bringing in everlasting righteousness through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Messiah. Reconciling is of, uh, from the iniquity is through the Messiah. That's what the gospel is preaching for 2000 years now to reconcile men unto Himself. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, 18, and 19. God is reconciling the world unto Himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. So, we are ambassadors for Christ. God bless you.